Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post-Dispatch, joined this week by Tom Timmerman, one of our beat writers on the scene for the Blues. And Tom, the, our heroes uh, returned from a, uh, a, bit of a bit of an ugly road trip after the All-Star break out west. They ran in some turbulence, mm-hmm. came home after mm-hmm. a, a one and one and three trip, and uh, really a nice response against a pretty good Carolina team. He had some dicey moments early on. Mm-hmm. Jordan Bennington had to be pretty good, but then they uh, ultimately uh, get out to a six-one lead and sort of coast in and yeah. a little bit uh, a little bit of a relaxation game for some of the guys uh, offensively. Yeah, you know the results of that last trip were probably uglier than the than the play was on a lot of occasions. They, they didn't play all that poorly in the Winnipeg game. They just weren't getting. They weren't taking advantage of their chances and uh, were being punished for that. But, yeah, last night they had, for as many mistakes as they may have made early on, there seemed like there were a lot of turnovers. They got through it all, and they scored the goals when they got the chances. And that's always going to be a key for this team. This is not a team that generates massive amounts of chances. Uh, but when they generate them, if, if they got good ones, they need to finish them, and that's often the difference for them between winning and losing. Well, this uh – we talked about a couple things going into the game, but let's start with the uh, the promising trio of Robert Thomas moving up into the top six, playing with Braden Shen and Jane Schwartz. That has a chance to be uh, a more a rush line that can also cycle and grind because both mm-hmm. guys, Jane Schwartz, great on you know hunting pucks, is skating real well right now. Yep. He's in a place where his uh, his uh, skating is about as good as we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Rain Shen likes to go in, forecheck, bang around, pretty good skater. Likes to skate and shoot. And now and, uh, for Thomas, a guy that can uh, use his speed and ability to hold the puck, that's the, I like kind of like the combination. It should, you know, combinations, you always see how they play up. They should work. It should. This should be one that has the components you need to see. I, people have been kind of dying to see Thomas in a something more than a third-line uh, role because he's been playing at the top of his game right now. He's shown some really strong stuff over the past uh, month or so. So this is a chance where he's doing well. Um, yeah, and you put that combination together. You know, we were just talking about this with Robert Thomas yesterday. I mean, that he still has to fight that tendency where he instinctively thinks of himself as a playmaker. When he's when he talk about Robert Thomas's hockey instincts kicking in, his instincts are I'm going to pass the puck, and He's got to change those instincts to where I can pass the puck and I can shoot the puck. And I just have to make the decision on what's the, the better move. Right now, the, the default move for Robert Thomas is pass the puck. He's got to change that and be willing to shoot more, And in part because he's creating chances for himself because of his play with the puck, his ability to navigate in tight areas and work around. He creates chances. Uh, and some of the times, the best chances for him. So, But he's got scores. I mean, you know, Shen... He's got three goals in the in the past two games out of, after going 14 without one. Uh, you know he's a guy that can score goals. He's now got 20. Mm-hmm. You know, so he he's, he could end up being a 30 goal scorer uh, this year with some uh, success down the stretch here. So yeah, that is a combination that uh, has the potential to do an awful lot. And that intersected with another topic that you guys were raising uh, yesterday out on the scene. Mm-hmm. That is trying to get more offense from the uh, from the blue line. And sure enough, jumping up on a rush with uh, Shannon Thomas was uh, Colton Pareko. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Did like everybody say, well, why don't we see that more often? Yeah. Well, doesn't doesn't that chance exist? I mean, Pareko gets in on enough rushes. Well, he kind of turns his body in the funny. shooting position, look like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, and he was one-timer, and he let that thing rip, and you know that's going to be a tough one for goalies to stop. I know you've advocated it. You know, many times, even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't stop it, you know, that is going to make defenses play differently. Goalies are going to react. You're going to create rebounds. That's going to make things happen. Um, they've talked to him about it. They want him to do it. They have a hard time getting him to do it. Uh, you know, I, I've been around these guys enough to know that I'm not going to declare this. And we've seen the new day dawning on Colton Pareko. I, I think he will go back to doing right. what, what he has long done. But it shows that, you know, what can happen when he does it. And if that's just a seed planted uh, in his mind, then you're like, okay, yeah, I can, I can do that. Well, the guy they want more from offensively is more likely to deliver that, and that's Justin Falk. And he does set up a goal against his old team, the Hurricanes. Uh, straight on shot from the blue line, but it created a nice rebound opportunity for Sammy Blay. Getting the puck through, getting shots on goal, he's done some of that. You know, he had mm-hmm. – uh, a chance or two that he re- regretted missing on the uh, road swing <laughs> yeah. where he was cutting in and just, you know, had had the situation measured and didn't, just didn't quite, you know, get the puck to settle or, 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 or handle the, you know, the opportunity the correct way. There's going to be more from him as he mm-hmm. activates more. And they mm-hmm. just want them to play with, he wants, uh, Ruby wants him to have the same, you know, confidence. Well, I think he's got confidence. It's just better execution mm-hmm. along the lines of Alex Petrangelo, who's really been good offensively. You know, it was striking yesterday when Carolina comes into town and that Justin Falk and Joel Edmondson had the same offensive numbers. They had the same amounts of, of goals and assists, which uh, is good news for Joel Edmondson, bad news for right. Justin Falk, four goals, nine assists for each of them. Um, you know, Falk is is better than that. And, you know, you look at his career and he's consistently been a you know, double-digit scorer. Um, and I don't think that his game has, you know, between last year and this year, gone off a cliff. I think he is still going to be a consistent 10, 12 goal scorer. He's not doing it this year. He's playing with a new organization for the first time after eight years in Carolina. For whatever reason, he's having an off year. I, I don't think this is going to be indicative because I don't think his, you know, his, he, he's still in the prime of his career. He's still going to keep going. So I think. While this year you're not going to see a 10-goal season from him unless something really happens strange down the stretch. But I think going forward, you know, you just have to look at this as being one of those off years a guy had. But I think you're going to see more from him uh, going forward. Maybe not this season, but in seasons to come. I just think on a game-to-game basis, when you, you're trying to win games, gonna be, there's going to be a lot of 3 2 2 ones. A lot, of, a lot of tight hockey coming down the stretch with you know mm-hmm. divisional games, conference games. You need the D-man here and there to jump in and at that critical point be the extra attacker. Now, maybe it doesn't end up with a giant aggregate number for the season, but in mm-hmm. any given shift, Falk's the kind of guy that can jump in and, mm-hmm. and do something and come in get a shot, but also go in, hold the puck, play like a forward, Yeah, which is really – and he really has that ability, and he's willing to do that, which, again, makes his point total so baffling because – He's perfectly comfortable going in there like Vince Dunn is. You know, mm. and then you look at Vince's numbers, and he could be – that's a guy that's got 40-point skill, if, if not 50-point skill. Same deal. I mean, it's opportunity, power mm. play time being more limited. But, you know, again, they just have to, to execute too when they get a chance. 
Yeah, and and that's certainly a certainly an issue. I look at what his shooting percentage is, but it's yeah, you know, he just the chances are there, and it's just going to be a matter of yeah, of, of make him go in. When you look at who's going to score, you know, among the defensemen, you know, Gunnarsson, Bortuzzo, and Bomeister aren't going to score, but the other guys certainly have it. You know, Pareko is the one guy on the cusp of he should score more, he doesn't. Um, yeah, you know, if he got more power play time, would he? You know, that would certainly help his chances. He got a little bit of it last night. Um, you know, but Petrangelo is playing at a level as good as we've seen him. You know, a, a Norris candidate this year with the way he's going. Um, that's that's making the defensive numbers look a lot better because of how well he's going. I think Robert Bortuzzo would take ex- exception with the idea. I think he, he probably believes, he probably. Yeah, I think he believes he can go in and dangle, and he's had his you know his moments. And he can. And what's strange is that I mean, of of all of the defensemen who should score more, Bortuzzo is the guy because he actually has offensive skills. It just for whatever reason it's not. I remember a point when Hitchcock actually, you know, they were short on forwards and well we use Bortuzzo as a forward. He has those instincts. It, yeah. it just doesn't happen for he's him. He's got a, he's got a long reach. You know, he he can make a move. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Turn him <laughs> loose. Unleash him. You know, if, if they were ever in that situation where they were down to 11 forwards, you know, I think he would be the guy that you would uh, you know, they had to use one of the defensemen as a forward. Unlike there was like one game a couple years ago where they used Chris Butler. In that role. And yeah, they, they and that's were not what Chris Butler's and, here for. And Chris played like about three minutes. They would yeah. send Chris out, play for about 10 seconds, I'll show you that shift and get out of the way. And that was pretty much, you know, what yeah, they did. Yeah, that was, uh, and I'm going to make, there's going to be like maybe one person that gets this one. Yeah. But uh, that reminds me of Michael Dark back in the day. You know, oh. Robert Dirk, it was the other half of the, the twins, <laughs> Robert Dirk and Michael Dark. And uh, Michael was, uh, hey, he looked like a hockey player and, you know, he's a rangy guy, he could skate and all that, but he just didn't really. Uh, it didn't really engage much, and he got to, to place him on the wing on his, on his way out of the high level of professional <laughs> yeah. hockey because the whole def- thing on defense wasn't working for him. But um, in terms of this, uh, the big story of the night, of course, and it continues to be, uh, the interesting story for the Blues is uh, Zach Sanford accepting the challenge, mm-hmm. the Chiefs challenge. He's engaged, and... Man, he scores two goals that are really, really nice goals. You got a a sweet wraparound, which mm-hmm. was tricky, and then, you know, just a hammer from uh, from the yeah. high slot up top of the circles. Mm-hmm. Bam! Yeah, I mean, this guy. I mean, he's he's such a his persona is so laid back, and the way he presents himself, even when he scores a goal, he's like, yeah. <laughs> but there's something there. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, no, there. You know, the the Blues have shown remarkable. Uh, faith in him uh you know obviously my twitter feed is not indicative of the real world in any way he has some haters <laughs> but but there are people like what is zach sanford doing out there and he you know when the blues talk about boy if if we don't get tarasenko back and we need a top six forward and and what that is is if Tarasenko's not back, we've got to replace zach sanford because he's the guy if you're saying we oh. need a top six forward he's the guy that's coming out. And, you know, Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron and Braden Shen and Jane, they're not coming out. It's that's the spot where you would put, if you got another top six forward, yeah. um, you know, especially if Thomas clicks on, on the Schwartz and Shen line. So yeah, he's now making a case where, I mean, right now, I mean, he's got a, he's got a six game point streak and five of those games were games in which the blues didn't get really good results. Um, so he had a streak going at a, at a tough time for the team. They weren't scoring a lot. He was being productive. 
you know, it's easily the best longest he's played. Um, you know, this is the career-long six-game point streak. And if I were looking last night, has he ever had a two-goal game before? And you say, well, it's the first time he's had a, a, a two-goal game in his NHL career. But then you realize coming into this year, he'd, you know, he'd scored eight goals. You know, eight goals last year, and he had 12 in his career. Like, he hadn't scored a lot of goals. And now he's scoring goals. And he's getting in places, and obviously being with O'Reilly and Perron is a good situation. I mean, if you're going to score goals, that's a good place to get him. But he's doing it. And there are times when he hasn't. And, you know, you know, you tell you, there's haters out there, and I mean, clearly the Blues have at times lost confidence in him. Mm. Baruby has scratched him on a lot of occasions, uh, less and less so recently. But he's there and he's doing it, and he's, you know, you don't. I'm not sure how how long he has to do this before people say, okay, Zach Sanford is a legitimate guy, because you know, there's always going to be that feeling it could stop at any moment. But right now it's going. And he's given himself that margin for error where one bad game is not going to put him back on the bench. He's going to keep going. Um, and this is what they wanted to see. And it's not just scoring, but he's physical. He's strong on the puck. He's been doing all the things not other than scoring that they want him to do. And now they're getting the offense, which is the bonus they've always wanted to get. And he's getting some advice on how to you know, how to give it back. You're going to yeah. you know, get a little glove in the face and get some, you know, jacked around a little bit around the wall. He's going to have to learn to give some of that back. Yeah. So some of the boys are uh, helping him with that because, you know, you come up through the college range, mm. you know, it, it's a classic case. Big guys can take time. Mm-hmm. And like Michael Dark. However, Michael, bad example because Michael never made it. <laughs> twice, twice though, in one podcast. In one podcast, <laughs> Michael Dark reference. So, yeah, no, he, uh, this is, you look at, a better parallel, I mean, guys that come up, play a little college, leave early, come to the AHL, do all those things. You know, look at Tage Thompson, mm-hmm. um, good college player, you know, really kind mm-hmm. of a late-blooming guy, gangly, all arms and legs, didn't really fill out. Sanford, more polished than that, good good mm-hmm. college producer, mm-hmm. uh, gets to the AHL pretty successful right away, mm-hmm. gets, gets called up pretty quickly to the NHL the first few times with the Capitals, mm-hmm. not very engaged. Uh, mm-hmm. Last time he gets called up, he's more engaged, the Blues mm-hmm. bring him in. Again, flashes, and then, you know, mm. and then he gets hurt. White loses a whole year. Mm-hmm. Sets him back. But guys who are 6'4", have that kind of range, uh, yeah. rangey build, and with some skill, you can, you know, that can get you a lot of a lot of battles, just that extra reach mm-hmm. to be able to come up with plays, to get a stick on a puck, to, to, to win a battle, to around the net, to, to execute a wraparound. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty, again, that was a sweet move. Yeah, and, and that was the thing where they had told him, they, between periods, they said, you know, Morasic, the way he's playing, there's a chance the, the wraparound possibility is there because he's overcommitting. So if you're coming down that side, think about the wraparound. And it, but it still requires speed and agility to do it, to be able to go around the corner and, and, and tuck it in that quick. And he did all of those things. So he can do those things. And he's showing it. And, um, you know, so much of it, I'm writing about him for tomorrow, but it, it's so much of it. We always, the, he always talks about it himself, the, just the mental part of it, that he's got to keep his head clear and not get distracted. But he's also, it's also his feet. He's got to keep moving his feet. And uh, there are times in which in the past where he has stopped doing that. And then he, he, all of a sudden he becomes, you know, Zach Sanford traffic cone. 
And but he's been doing that where he's moving his feet and staying active and making things happen. And that's what they need from him. Some guys just need to get popped in the nose. And there's not <laughs> enough of that in hockey, by the way. <laughs> and that kind of gets you mad. You know, I mean, you've been popped in the nose. All of a sudden, now you're picking it up a notch, you know, mm-hmm. got your attention. You're out of your fog. You're good. It's go time. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys just cut right to it with the ammonia sniffing before the first <laughs> shift. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same effect. Yeah. They always say it's boxers always say everyone's got a strategy until you get hit in the face. And um, yeah, that's uh, how you re- how you respond. And and yeah, he's physical and he's not afraid to get in there. And uh, he slammed his stick against the boards after he got hit uh, right in front of the Blues bench uh, yesterday. He was upset with that. And uh, yeah. I think Vince Dunn got a roughing penalty out of it for uh, coming to his defense after he got slammed. How about mm-hmm. Vince Dunn too? Irritable Vince Dunn. <laughs> I like that yeah. side of him. Yeah, I'd like to see more more irritable Vince Dunn. Ah, you know, he's just everybody's trying to earn Berube points. <laughs> I tell you, that's it. So now you look at the situation, you look at the league, and we've talked about, you know, Thomas moving up and being a bigger impact player with more skilled guys. That adds to your top six, if he could pull that off for sure. If Sanford can hold his spot, that balances, uh, gives you a solid uh, set of forwards. But you're still going to look for different elements out there. Um, The big name continues to be Chris Kreider, who is in town for the All-Star game, and uh, Turns out it's a much faster skater than I realized. <laughs> thought, you know, thought he was a fine player. I didn't expect him to, to outshine everybody on that category. But mm-hmm. smart guy. You know, he's due big money. He's probably not going to get it from whatever team he goes to as a rental. Mm-hmm. He's going to play the market and do pretty well. But, you know, again, you know, and this is a dilemma. The Blues keep – everybody's targeting the Blues and maybe Boston, uh, uh, maybe Colorado because Colorado has mm-hmm. cap space. So there's a limited number of teams that seem to keep coming back Mm-hmm. to the Chris Kreider question. Where are you on the Chris Kreider question? Um, well, there's there's so many aspects of the Chris Kreider. It, it would be great to get him. I, I think certainly, I think any team would benefit. He's, he's not going to be um, you know, a, a drag in any way on the team. So it would be, it'd be good to get him. And then the question is, what do you have to give mm-hmm. up? And if you, you know, we're talking about this where, you know, if, if you look at what the Blues got when they traded Stastny or Shattenkirk and you got a, a good prospect who wasn't permanently on an, on an NHL roster yet in a draft pick. So if that's the price for Kreider, um, you know, because I, I can't see the Blues trading Cairo and, and it doesn't make sense to trade uh, Sanford. Um, so what do you what do you give up? You know, Clem Costin is mm-hmm. your top prospect who's still down there. I don't think you know the Paganskis or any of those Nathan right. Walker. None of those guys are are something that New York would be interested in. And, and then it's going to, have to be a first round draft pick because your your second round draft pick is going to be so low that that's not going to swing it swing a deal. So that's you know they have Blues have defensemen that they can trade. They've got a kind of a stockpile of young defensemen. Or do you say you know where does you know Mackenzie McEckern or someone like that who's going to be a healthy scratch when you, if you get all these guys back mm-hmm. and then going to play, you know where does that fit in? I don't know. And and, and you know, what can they offer compared to what other teams can offer? Right. Um, and there, and there's also a case to be made that inquiring him in keeping him from going to Colorado because that's you know that's one thing you wouldn't want to upset the Central Division situation by all of a sudden having him playing on Colorado right. and making that team even better. Yes, and that's a real possibility because, again, they uh, 
they want they want to beef mm-hmm. up their top six, and they've got the space to do it, and they've got some mm-hmm. some young pieces they can trade to, to do that. So they're really in a good spot. Colorado's in a great spot to make that deal. So now the Rangers are in a position where they can hold, try to hold up the Blues to get Cairo, and I just can't go there. No, I mean no, I for don't a wanna, rental, if yeah, there's, there's, a guy I who's just got, think there's too much there with 33. Now, yeah. Costin, you're getting to the point where some I've seen some of the independent analysts say, you know. He skates well. He can get up to good speed, but he's kind of a – what was one of the analysts say? Kind of a clunky skater, and mm-hmm. the production's been um, – you'd like to see a little more even mm-hmm. at, the, at the HL level. He's certainly going to play in the league, mm-hmm. and he's gonna, but is he going to be a bottom six guy? Yeah, that's like if he's is not he's a top Cassian? six. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, only mm-hmm. a top six guy if he happens to have a you know, McDavid that you can, can drag along mm-hmm. with. Uh, I, you know, I guess at that point – in a rental case for a crowd. I could see that. That'd be a pretty good offer. Mm-hmm. But can the Rangers demand more? Yeah. Of course, I, the Rangers got to eat some of the contract as you try to mull over whether Tarasenko's coming back and, mm-hmm. and so forth. But still, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I think that's the one. Um, yeah, that's the one situation. Because Kairou could be a top six guy. It was certainly more chance of him being a top six guy than Costin right. being a top six guy. And I think... Top six guys are obviously harder to come by. I mean, you know, it's much easier to be a bottom six guy. Um, so I think you want to keep Cairo because you look at, you know, down the road, how does the roster play out uh, when the expansion drafts? But for, a, a, you know, as we saw in the Ryan Miller case, rentals are can be a risky thing. You can invest a lot, and what do you get out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, though the enduring thing of that trade, the Ryan Miller trade, is the Blues got Steve Ott out of it, who, you yeah. know, when I had, had a – some good times here and has become a valuable member of the coaching staff. Zach Sanford giving Steve Ott credit last night for helping him uh, uh, get to where he is right now. Yeah, Steve Ott, uh, and, you know, certainly um, helps the team in a lot of ways, you know, including if there's any sort of discourse with the other side, you win. You've got Steve Ott on your side. If there's any chit-chat back and forth, oh, yeah, you're, you've got him outnumbered because Ott's is, you know. He is the, the champion chirper. Yeah, he yeah. is the. Uh, he's got a, a career. He's got a wealth of material that he can, at his fingertips. He's got a file on everybody out there. Darren Pang, because of his position between the benches in a lot of games, you know, has heard Ott say so much. He just has great stories about things that, that Ott said during his playing days of just going up to other guy, you know, other teams and saying, you know, well, we've got the money. Why don't we just buy out your contract? Because you're, you're not doing very, you know, you can do better than this. So here, it's, uh, we got the money. You know, oh, you know, during game, offering to buy out players' contracts. I mean, you That's got, our guy, yeah. So, yeah, again, it wasn't all bad. Uh, Ryan Miller, kind of, uh, kind of a, a dark, dark moment in team history, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe not as bleak as a Dan Quinn or, or worse yet, the Mike Bullard era. For those who remember those horrible times, um, this is a trip down memory lane yeah, for you today. Yeah, You're just reaching into yeah, the recesses. I, I throw these uh, names out there, people are like, "Who? Oh, Mike Bullard played? Oh yeah, Doug Gilmore. Remember that trade? Yeah, didn't work out well." Um, but there are a few other things out there. Uh, Mike Hoffman is um, got an expiring contract mm. and is makes a lot of money. And mm-hmm. Florida's looking to upgrade their D. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the the upgrades that were this from this team would be more of a depth offer, I would suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that that moves the needle for uh, a Hoffman. And then there's the issue of the chemistry. I know when he was on the block before, mm-hmm. the, I think the team was trying to check into his uh, the sketchy – <laughs> uh, scenario yeah. with uh, the significant others, uh, his and uh, and Eric Carlson's 
the mm. ugliness that uh, was away from the ice, the mm. uh, cyberbullying and and uh, and such that was really unseemly. Um, haven't heard anything about that. Any more problems from his yeah. camp on that front since mm-hmm. then? He's a good player. Yeah. Blues have had a scout look, uh, looking at Florida the past couple of games. Well, they are um, looking for a D man, but they want somebody to play with Ekblad and play a lot of minutes. I would think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you look at the defensive core, the the young guys. You know, Mikola showed so well, but does he now figure in what you want to do going forward? Because you you, you don't know how much longer you have Jay Bowmeister. You don't know how much you know Carl Gunnarsson's got a, the the clock is running. So, you know, there's going to be a turnover, and you don't know what happens to Petrangelo. I mean, there could be a lot of turnover in the very near future on the Blues' blue line. And you got Wallman, and you got Mikola, uh, Mitch Renke's still there. I mean, you know, how many of these guys are do they think can fit into that role? You know, I mean, Mikola would be a great chip, but he looked great when he was when he was up here. So, I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, they know the Blues have to know what's going to happen with Bomeister, and certainly the Petrangelo situation complicates things. I feel bad for for Carl. I know he's got um, the contract's good for him because it gave him that last step mm-hmm. of security. But and you see a, a little guy down there and Daddy and, and wearing number four and waving and stuff. I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, they might be could be showcasing Carl here as long as he's while he's healthy. You know, they're trying mm-hmm. to say, hey, you know. Carl's uh, healthy again. Yeah. You guys, anybody need a D man? Mm-hmm. Want to move him because they, you know, again, cap issues. They love Carl, but yeah, Carl. He's one of the best. He's loved by one and all, and he's a great guy in, in the room and on the ice. I mean, they they play him with Petrangelo. I mean, yeah. they have confidence. He can put him on the on the top pairing. Uh, boy, he got picked on by the refs last night. He got we got yeah. he got picked on by by Carolina last night, and the refs let them pick on him. It was. Well, what was- he should have drawn Carl, at least two He's the nicest two goals. guy in the NHL. <laughs> Seriously, who's nicer than Carl Gunnarsson? Anybody? Well, Colton Pareko is pretty nice. Oh, that's true. Big Some, yeah. somebody, somebody asked Joel Edmondson yesterday, but oh, Colton Pareko said nice things about you. And he said, well, Colton Pareko says nice things about everybody. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the greatest guy in the world. Uh, which, which gets back to, you know, Colton Pareko, nice guy. You know, maybe he needs to be less of a nice guy. But that's just who he is. He is just this a, a sweet, wonderful guy. And uh, but maybe that's why he's not cracking 110 mile an hour slap shots now one other guy i'll throw out there and i don't know that it's a fit here and uh, you point out he only has one goal this year which is not a good number um mm-hmm. josh anderson of the uh, blue jackets now this guy you know he's had i think he's had a 27 goal season he's a guy mm-hmm. that he's a big guy he could skate he bangs around he's been productive in the past but of course when you have a guy like panarin in your attack sometimes mm-hmm. maybe that can you know, pump up your numbers but mm-hmm. You know, he would be a Brube type guy, but I don't know. You got so many guys like him. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he's big and he's physical. You know, he's, you notice him when he's out there, but he's not mm-hmm. been productive this year. Never mm-hmm. been much of a power play guy. Mm-hmm. So he's been more of that number three, third line guy that could score a little bit off the rush and bang around. Yeah. So, and, and they're offering him around, I guess, because he's mm-hmm. headed towards arbitration and they've had one battle with him in the past and he's a mm-hmm. you know, year away from uh, free agency after next year. So mm-hmm. I would think that's going to be a hard pass, but. Yeah, I you know if, if someone who's got term is a little more, uh, you can give up a little more. But yeah, is you know is are you better with him in the lineup or Zach Sanford? Yeah, I mean you at know, this point, the, maybe you know. if you were to talk about this in November or mm-hmm. October, you might say, oh, he's available for he makes yeah. under two mil, he could fit yeah. in. He bangs around, he's a big yeah. dude. Yeah, but you, you look at what this team, you know, if if Tarasenko comes back or if they get it, you know, if they acquire someone and they don't give up 
someone who's currently playing a lot. You know, what does that do to this team? You know, Sanford is playing well enough that you're going to keep him in the lineup, you would think. And, it, you know, this bumps down to, you know, that all of a sudden, you know, McEachern and Del Rose, who were fairly constants in the lineup, not going to be room for them, uh, especially if Kairou's in there all the time. Uh, you know, Troy Brower is walking a tightrope as to how long he's around. But you get Sunquist back, you know, if Tarasenko's back, I mean, they, they got they got plenty of forwards. They got more forwards than they'll have room for. All right, last thing on net front presence before we let Christian Goodenares, <laughs> junior executive producer, because he's he'll, he'll move up to senior executive <laughs> producer in a few weeks. Uh, he's he's kind of checking his watch here. Um, you mentioned Joel Edmondson, and they went the extra mile for him too, uh, getting his ring um, in a nice little ceremony. Al McGinnis, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, Alexander Steen, Alex Petrangelo, and he got to put the ring on and and raise the fist. He got a big hand from the, the fans and went by the Blues mm-hmm. bench and got got uh, high fives and such. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool because uh, it wasn't easy. I mean, I understand why they did the Falk thing. I think it was a good trade to help him this year. but mm-hmm. you know, And they, knew they were never going to keep Joel long-term. I think that was pretty obvious. There mm-hmm. was just a difference of opinion on where he was going to be in his career and what mm-hmm. he was going to earn. Nonetheless, that was tough because, you know, he he missed out on, you know, really it sort of like cut short that what was a glowing celebration all of a sudden yeah. just cut right yeah. off the legs. Like, no, <laughs> you're done enjoying that cup celebration. See you later. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. It was nice to see that for Joel. It was very nice to see that for Joel. And the crowd loved him. They, they, it was a nice video. And they he got a standing ovation when he came out to, 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 get, to, to get his ring. And um, – yeah, and Joel Joel loved it here, and uh, you know, it is his parents loved it here. Driving down from Manitoba all the time to visit, uh, he said yesterday, you know, they're they're not as big, you know, they're not going to drive down to Carolina. They did it once, and that was enough. Whoa, yeah, that was, that was a bit too much of a drive. They really don't uh, like to fly. Uh, you know, they're not they're okay with flying. They just they just don't mind driving. Uh, but it's they'll a long way from Manitoba to Carolina. Yeah, I said they, they did it once, and they're not going to do it again. So from Ooh. now on, they'll fly. But they 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 drove to St. Louis. I don't know if they drove this time, but they drove all the time. I think they flew in this time. But yeah, no, you know, it was a case where yeah, where the the the, the Blues, how the Blues valued Joel Edmondson, and how Joel Edmondson's camp valued Joel Edmondson. Obviously, the fact they went to arbitration twice, they didn't agree right. on on what it was, and. Um, yeah, you know, he'll be a non-restricted free agent after this year, so we'll he'll get to find out, you know, for sure on the market uh, well, what, his, what his value is. Yeah, there are a lot of teams that have really crappy defenses. Mm-hmm. I mean, really bad. <laughs> so, I mean, he's he's. I mean, he's not bad. Now, he looked at all the metrics and everything last year. You could see why the Blues would turn the page because he was just like, eh. But hey, he won a cup here. He logged minutes, played you know, played in a winning uh, situation. Yeah, big guy can skate some, can mm-hmm. mix it up. Yeah. Not a bad offensive player. Yeah, I mean, he, he can give you that offense when you need it. He he, and he knows his spot. You know, would love to have more minutes, but understood. You know, going to be in a third defensive pairing. Okay, I, I'm. And he was never pouted. Was always good. You know, yeah. yesterday when we talked to him, said, "And it's good to see you guys again." Always yeah. like a guy that uh, you know respects the uh, respects the media. Well, not uh, as nice as Colton Pareko, but then who is? But you know, but but Joel Edmondson, a better <laughs> quote, a better. That's true. Uh, Joel, Joel would, you know. He would come up with something that would actually be useful where Colton, for all the education he's got, he would just, mm-hmm. no, dude, I need something. Yeah. After a while, it's like, yeah, I like sitting here talking to Colton every day, but it's like, oh. <laughs> uh, I see O'Reilly. Oh, Riley's here. O'Reilly, let's <laughs> go talk to him. Right? Yeah. 
All right. Well, these are the things that value to uh, important to us. As, yeah, as, we need. As we need some. Uh, we, I'm working on a story that requires quotes about a broader topic. Yeah. Well, he's a really good player. Well, well could you give me? Yeah. yeah. No. It's like advice I give to young journalists. Don't assume that the best player is the best quote. And a lot of times that you you know you in football it's offensive linemen. They're like go to these other people and they have great things to say. And uh, don't say, gosh, just because he's the best player, I need to talk. But the best player yeah. doesn't always have the most insightful opinions. On, on the other hand, sometimes, you know, it's Alex Barron of the Rams. And that's not the offensive lineman, not the best quote. Yeah. But that's oh. neither here nor there. All right. <laughs> that's been Tom Timmerman. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Net Front Presence. A reminder to check out all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast. Also, if you're not a digital subscriber, please do give that a trial. It's a, it's a great interface now. It's a great – uh, layout on the uh, for your your laptop or your home computer, your work computer, and uh, much better experience if you're a subscriber. You know, and I would imagine that everyone who's listening to this podcast knows about it. But every Wednesday is is the chat yes. where where you you the reader or the listener can ask questions of either me or Jim Thomas and about the blues and and what's going on, and we will. Uh, endeavor to uh, to answer it. And then on Fridays, you can ask Jeff Gordon questions yeah, uh, yeah. on a v- wide variety of topics. Do you think uh, are people going to quit yammering about uh, Sanford, you think? Or are we going to keep getting those? Uh, no, I, I think people will say they should trade him now because his stock is, is oh, high. See, it's the Jake Allen now principle, which yeah, is yeah. he's playing well. Well, now you should trade him because you can yeah, get something get for him. Yeah, number one for him. Well, no, yeah. you probably can't. But anyways, yeah. all right, mm-hmm. well, that's Tom Timber. I'm Jeff Gordon. Uh, until next time, see ya.